0: One of the important tools that the bounty hunters use in Philip K. Dick's Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep is a test that is supposed to tell humans apart from androids and therefore allow the bounty hunters to, with great confidence, in fact, you know, almost 100% confidence, say that this thing is an android and can be retired or killed, and this is a person and we cannot do that to it. And there's a lot. Of use of this test within the novel itself, much more than we see in the film adaptation, The Blade Runner, where it's used early on, replicating at least one main, we could call it vignette within the novel itself, which we'll talk about briefly the testing of Rachel Rosen. And what we see here is early in chapter three, Rick is talking about tests, right? No intelligence test would. such an Andy as the new Nexus 6s, but then again, intelligence tests hadn't trapped an Andy in years, not since the primordial crude varieties of the 1970s. The Nexus 6 android types, Rick reflected, surpassed several classes of human specials, that is, humans whose brains have devolved in certain ways in terms of intelligence. In other words, androids equipped with the new Nexus 6 brain unit had, from a sort of rough, pragmatic, no-nonsense standpoint, evolved beyond a major but inferior segment of mankind for better, or worse. The servant had in some cases become more adroit than its master. That's the dilemma going on. But new scales of achievement, for example, the Voigt-Kampf empathy test, had emerged as a criteria by which to judge. An android, no matter how gifted as to pure intellectual capacity, could make no sense out of the fusion which took place routinely among the followers of Mercerism, an experience which he, Deckard, and virtually everyone else, including subnormal chicken heads, managed with no difficulty now it's not actually measuring the fusion as such although androids don't understand mercerism it's measuring the kinds of responses and we see this discussed at the end of chapter four where there's a little bit of exposition rachel says i've never seen an empathy test being administered what are these things that you have there measure and then we get some info dumping rick said this he held up the flat adhesive disc with its trailing wires measures capillary dilation in the facial area we know this to be a primary autonomic response the so-called shame or blushing reaction to a morally shocking stimulus it can't be controlled voluntarily as can skin conductivity respiration and cardiac rate he showed her the other instrument a pencil beam light this records fluctuations of tension within the eye muscles. Simultaneous with the blush phenomenon, there can generally be found a small, but detectable movement of, and then she interrupts, and these can't be found in androids. Now, Yuri he says something really interesting. They're not engendered by the st- stimuli questions. No, although biologically they exist potentially. So what we've got here is a fairly simple test, which is measuring responses, shame or embarrassment or other you know negative emotion responses to questions. And the questions are deliberately designed to evoke emotional responses and this is intended to measure empathy. Now, before we go on and look at the book, think about some of the implications of this. Can we really measure in all cases what a person's emotional reactions are, or even sufficiently in these sorts of matters? There are some interesting implications given the diversity of humankind, and we're going to see that this this does present certain problems. But the question themselves are going to prove very interesting as well and we notice that there's so there's this apparatus to the test and then there's another element you could say that comes up it's assessed using the void camp altered scale and you might say altered why is it altered well as we find out there's a discussion going on that we're going to get to in just a moment about what the scale is measuring and here we go rick says the consensus of police opinion is known to you in Lurie camps there's the camp of the void camp test article written eight years ago role taking blockage on in the undeteriorated schizophrenic camp compared the diminished empathetic faculty found in human medicine patients and a superficially similar, but basically, and then they they go on as well. So the test was altered, or not the test, but rather the interpretation of the test was altered in order to to tune it up. And these tests go through a series of improvements and modifications. They're always, it's sort of like a back and forth technological war. The Rosen Corporation is trying to make androids that are better and better and better, including able to pass these tests or not to be detected, you could say by these tests and actually at the very end of the discussion in chapter 16 when rachel the android and rick have been together in a hotel room so she says why did eldon and the other rosens the human ones why did they want me to go along with you and so he says to observe to detail exactly what the nexus 6 does that gives it away on the void camp test and then she says on the test or otherwise, everything that gives it a different quality. And then I report back and the association makes modifications of its zygote bath DNS factors. And then we have the Nexus 7, the the newest Android yet to come. And when that gets cut, we modify again. And eventually the association has a type that can't be distinguished. And he asks her about another test. Do you know about the Bonelli reflex arc test? He asked. And she said, we're working on the spinal ganglia too. Someday the Bonelli test will fade into yesterday's hoary shroud of spiritual Oblivion, right? And so what we've got here is a corporation that off world is trying to subvert and defeat these tests. And now that's a good lead in to thinking about the concerns about the Voigt Kampf test. What are the concerns? Well, what if a human doesn't pass the test? And this comes up in sort of a hypothetical way early on in a discussion between Deckard and Bryant, right? So this is in that passage that we were looking at from chapter four. And he says, this is a Bryant. When you run the void camped scale up there, if one of the humans fails to pass it, Rick says, that, that can't happen. And then Bryant says, well, one day a few weeks ago, I talked with Dave, the other bounty hunter, about exactly that. He'd been thinking along the same lines. I had a memo from the Soviet police, WPO itself, circulated throughout Earth plus the colonies. A group of psychiatrists in Leningrad have approached WPO with the following proposition. They want the latest and most accurate personality profile analytical tools used in determining the presence of an android. In other words, the Voigt-Kamp scale applied to a carefully selected group of schizoid and schizophrenic human patients. Those specifically, which reveal what's called a flattening of affect. You've heard of that. And then Rick says, Well, that's specifically what the scale measures. So there's a there's a problem. Different types of mental disorders could lead to the flattening of affect that then could lead to being misjudged on the test as not being human, not having the proper empathetic responses, and therefore being an android. And he goes on and he says, the Leningrad psychiatrists think that a small class of human beings could not pass the void camp scale if you tested them in line with police work you'd assess them as humanoid robots you'd be wrong but by then they'd be dead and so that would be a major problem and so rick says but those individuals and then brian says well they'd be in institutions they couldn't conceivably function in the outside world they certainly couldn't go undetected as advanced psychotics unless of course their breakdown had come recently and suddenly and no one had gotten around to noticing but this could happen and then he goes on and he says what worried dave is the appearance of this new Nexus 6 advanced type. The Rosen organization assured us, as you know, a Nexus 6 could be delineated by standard profile tests. We took their word for it, but those slippery bastards, right? He's going on. They've tricked us in, in many respects. He says, now we're forced to determine it on our own. That's what you'll be doing in Seattle at the Rosen Corporation. You understand, don't you? This could go wrong either way. There's kind of a dilemma here, right? If you apply the test and a human being fails the test, well, that's one kind of problem. If you apply the test and a Nexus 6 Android passes the test, now we've got a separate problem. In either case, the test would be invalidated right? He says it would be awkward, though no one, not, not even the Rosen people will make the news public. We'd be able to sit on it indefinitely, though we'd have to inform WPO and they in turn would notify Leningrad. And, and this would be a massive problem. So what do we find? He goes to the Rosen Corporation and he's going back and forth with Eldon and Rachel Rosen. And Rachel's asking about the test. And then she says, give me the test. And Rick says, why? And then Elden Rosen, the head of the corporation says, we selected her as your first subject. She may be an Android. We're hoping you can tell so they give the test to Rachel and here we should look at the questions that are being asked because that gives us an idea how they're evoking the emotional responses we're going to see similar questions with a little bit later so what are the questions he says I'm going to outline a number of social situations you are to express your reaction to each as quickly as possible you're going to be timed and she says of course my verbal responses won't count it's solely the eye muscle and capillary reaction you'll use as indices but I'll answer I want to go through with this go ahead Mr. Deckard. So here's the first question. You're given a calfskin wallet on your birthday. She says, I wouldn't accept it. Also I'd report the person who gave it to me to the police. Now why? Because calfskin wallets are totally illegal. You have to kill a calf. You have to kill a living animal, which would show a lack of empathy in order to derive that. So even the products of that should evoke a kind of emotional reaction. He continues on to the eighth question. You have a little boy and he shows you his butterfly collection, including his killing jar. Uh, A little bit later, you're sitting watching TV and suddenly you discover a wasp crawling on your wrist. And here she says, I'd kill it. Now that's an interesting reaction, right? In a magazine, you come across a full page color picture of a nude girl. And she says, is this testing whether I'm an Android or whether I'm homosexual? He continued her, your husband likes the picture. The girl is lying face down on a large and beautiful bearskin rug. There's, there's the payoff, right? It's, it's once again, measuring responses to animal products or cruelty or things like that. Now, they go on, and, and he talks about ordering lobster, the chef dropping the lobster into the tub of boiling water, while the characters in this novel watch. They go again. You rent a mountain cabin in an area still verdant. It's rustic, knotty pine with a huge fireplace. On the walls, someone has hung old maps, courier and Ive prints, and above the fireplace, a deer's head has been mounted, a full stag with developed horns. The people with you admire the decor of the cabin, and you all decide. You know, and then she gives her response. Here's another. You become pregnant by a man who has promised to marry you. The man goes off with another woman, your best friend. You get an abortion. She says, I would never get an abortion. You can't. It's a life sentence. The police are watching. And he says, one more, you're dating a man and he asks you to visit his apartment. While you're there, he offers you a drink. As you stand holding your glass, you see into the bedroom. It's attractively decorated with bullfight posters and you wander in to look closer. He follows after you, closing the door, putting his arm around you. He says, And then she says, what's a bullfight poster? Drawings, usually in color and very large, showing a matador with his cape, a bull trying to gore him. And he says, you know, do you know how bullfights ended? The bull was always killed. And then he says, a final question, two-part. You're watching an an old movie on TV, a movie from before the war. It shows a banquet in progress. The guests are enjoying live oysters. She says, ugh. And then the entree, he continued, consists of boiled dog stuffed with rice. And then he asks her, are raw oysters more acceptable to you than a dish of boiled dog? Evidently not. And he comes to the conclusion, you're an android. Now, that would be a big kick in the pants to Rachel Rosen. And at first it is presented as if it is, and this is a big catastrophe, right? So all these questions have evoked the responses of an android. And as it turns out, she's supposed to be a human. That's it. The yeah. cat The Elder Rosen said she's not an android. And Rick says, I want a bone marrow test of you. And she says, well, you can't make me do that. And Elden Rosen says, the issue is your empathy delineation test failed in response to my niece. I can explain why she scored as an android might. She grew up aboard Salander 3. She was born on it. She spent 14 of her 18 years living off its tape library and what the nine other crew members, all adults, knew about Earth. Then, as you know, the ship turned back a sixth of the way to proxima otherwise she'd never have seen earth and so therefore she doesn't have the normal reactions of a human being and rachel says you would have retired me In a police dragnet, I would have been killed. I've known that since I got here four years ago. This isn't the first time the Voigt-Kampf test has been given to me. In fact, I rarely leave this building because of the risk. Now, this then leads to, you know, some discussions about moral matters concerning this use of the Voigt-Kampf test and rosen says you're in a a bad situation here your test doesn't actually work and you could be in fact retiring real human beings rick says well the problem is from your method of operation, nobody forced your organization to evolve the production of human robots to the point where, and then he basically says, we're doing whatever the market wants. Your position, Mr. Deckard, is extremely bad morally. Ours isn't. And then Rick says, oh, I get it. This was to sideline me. You foisted off, as he says, this schizoid girl on me to flunk the test. And now I'm not going to get to try it out on any of your actions actual androids and they go back and forth trying to bribe him with the owl but then he recovers he asks her one further question he says i want to ask you one more question on the void camp scale so sit down again and she does And he says, my briefcase. Nice, isn't it? Department issue. Well, well, Rachel said remotely. Baby hide, Rick said. He stroked the black leather surface of the briefcase. 100% genuine baby hide. He saw the two dial indicators gyrate frantically, but only after a pause. The reaction had come, but too late. He knew the reaction period down to a fraction of a second, the correct reaction period. There should have been none. Thanks, Miss Rosen. He concluded, at, uh, he says, that's all. And then she says, what about the other nine subjects? And now here's the twist. The scale has been adequate in your case. I can extrapolate from that. It's clearly still effective. And he turns to Eldon Rosen and he says, does she know? And Elden says, no, we programmed her completely. But I think toward the end, she suspected you guessed when he asked her one more try pale rachel nodded fixedly and they are now conceding that she is an android as we're going to find out later in the book this is kind of a sham she does know that she's an android so there's a lot of back and forth going on here and we get to see how the test works and what the implications of it are now where else is the test being used in this it's being given to luba luft and why to Luba Luft? Because legally you need to establish that she is an android before you can retire her and we see, you know, here we go, he got out the Camp instruments, this is in chapter nine and he sets them up and she says, is this an IQ test? And he says, no, empathy. And so she says, do you think I'm an android? Is that it? I'm not an android, I've never been on Mars, I've never even seen an android. Do you have information that there's an android in the cast? I'd be glad to help you and if I were an android, would I be glad to help you and he says well an android doesn't care what happens to other androids so yeah you actually would be and then interestingly she turns this on him and she says how do we know you're not an android you know if you could be an android killer android and you would have the same sort of reactions as well and she says "Uh, have you taken this test and he says yes a long time ago when i first started with the department and she says well maybe that's a false memory and she's doing everything she can to not take the test she suggests that he should take it first and then find Finally, they get to it, and she uses a strategy of obfuscation. She pretends not to understand the language and uh, everything else. So he says, you're sitting watching TV. Suddenly you discover a wasp crawling on your wrist. And she says, what's a wasp? A stinging bug that flies. Oh, how strange. Do they still exist? I've never seen one. So she's doing all this chatter to avoid actually engaging with the test. And while he's trying to give the test, a police officer comes, a harness bull, as he's called, and he takes Deckard to this fake police station where Deckard is being treated as if he's a suspect a deranged killer potentially an android himself and when he's talking to Garland he explains you know what's going on with this voight Kampf test. Garland or the police official says what do you have in here and Deckard says material pertaining to the voight Kampf personality test. I was testing a subject when officer Krams arrested me and they go on a little bit further. Rick says you can administer are the void camp test to me I've taken it before I don't mind taking it again and they say listen we don't have this test garland says this void camp test you've mentioned all that material you carry it's an analytic tool for testing Andes and Rick says it's our basic test the only one we currently employ the only one capable of distinguishing the new Nexus six brain unit you haven't heard of this test and they say well I've heard of several profile analysis scales for use with androids but not that one we actually use this other test and as it turns out Garland is an android right and he doesn't get the test himself because he and Phil Resch have a little bit of a shootout Phil Resch however who is going to help Deckard with Lobo Luft he's worried that perhaps He's an android. Deckard's not even sure whether Phil Resch is an android or not. And so they give Phil Resch the Voigt-Kampf test. And it turns out that Phil Resch is indeed Human. Which is good because he's got a pet squirrel who's dependent on him and he's pretty well, you know, his mindset is that he is indeed human and so it would be a real derangement to find out that he was an android. Deckard also self-administers the Voigt-Kampf test to himself with Phil Resch there. Why? so that he can test for something different, something that isn't typically tested for, namely whether or not he has empathy towards androids. So he does this, he gives himself a question. I'm going down by elevator with an android I've captured and suddenly someone kills it without warning. No particular response, Phil Resch said. What did the needles hit? The left one 2.8, the right one 3.3. Rick said, this is to himself... A female android. Now they're up to 4.0 and 6, respectively. And Rick says, well, that's an emphatically empathetic response. So now I know by administering the void camp to myself that not only do I have empathy towards humans and towards animals, but also at least towards some androids. In a way, you could say that, you know, what this is showing is that Rick is not just definitively human, but perhaps even more human in certain ways than, say, Phil Resch. So, the test is used in a number of different ways throughout this, and it's called into question whether it really is effective or not, and then, you know, it's verified, but You know, as we see in that passage that we talked about before, it's probably just one of, you know, a whole succession of tests. It's it's supplanted other tests, and it's probably going to fail down the line when the Nexus 7s come out, and then they'll have to develop some new way of figuring out who's human and who's not. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible.